Hello, and welcome to Stonebridge's online service. I'm Pastor John, and in this online service, uh, we will have a, a scripture passage read. We will have a sermon in response to that. We will have some music to help guide you in worship, um, and then a closing blessing. So I'm glad that you decided to tune in, in with us, whether it's through the podcast or whether it's through our online um, video service. Um, I'm glad that you've decided to worship with us. And if you're not connected with our community, we'd like for you to know what's going on in our community. So there will be some announcements here. And in those announcements, you'll learn about our congregation. And then I invite you to hear the word of God after that and to reflect on the scripture passage for this week. God bless you. And may God bless your worship with us now. Amen. Welcome to Stonebridge. Here are some announcements and things to know. During this time in the life of the church, it's important to continue contributing to the ongoing ministry of Stonebridge. Here are the ways in which you can give. You can give online through our website at stonebridgecme.com. Click on online giving. You can give through your bank's bill pay option, or you can send in your offering through the mail. If you'd like offering envelopes sent to you, please contact the church office. Ventura County is now in the orange tier, and more and more people are choosing to get vaccinated. Consequently, Stonebridge is entering the next phase towards reopening, which means we are now meeting weekly for worship. Join us outdoors Saturday nights at 5.30 or indoors on Sunday mornings at 10.30. Kids and teen programming is available during the Saturday night service, while the nursery is open on Sunday mornings for infants through five years old. Pre-registration is still required, so please register by noon on Fridays. On Sunday, May 23rd at 2 p.m., we will be having a congregational meeting over Zoom. The purpose of the meeting is to elect our new church officers and to approve our pastor's terms of call. Registration required ahead of time. Registration has opened up for Stonebridge Day Camp. Join us June 28th through July 2nd for a week of fun in the mountains of Rocky Railway. Kids will discover that trusting Jesus will pull them through life's ups and downs. You can trust that Stonebridge will be following local and state COVID precautions carefully. Day camp will have a reduced amount of kids, and at this time, masks are required. Sign up by visiting our website. And lastly, we would love to know that you're participating in worship. Please continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along in version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. And once again, welcome to worship. Hello, Stonebridge. This week, we are concluding our sermon series entitled Revealed God at Work. We've been looking at these signs that Jesus accomplishes turning water into wine at the wedding at Cana, healing an official's son before he passes away, the feeding of the 5,000, healing a man who can't walk, healing a man born blind and walking on water. We've been looking at these signs that Jesus accomplishes, and they've all built up to this seventh sign. This is the final sign that I'm going to be reading from here, where Jesus will raise his friend Lazarus from the dead. We've been looking at these signs so that we can see God's work in our lives clearly and so we can respond to God's work in our lives. So I invite you to hear John chapter 11. I'll be reading John chapter 11 verses 38 through 40, 44. Hear the word of God. 
Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the word of the Lord, and I invite you to join with me in prayer. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your scriptures. And through this account of Lazarus being raised from the dead, Lord, we ask that we would understand your work more clearly. Through this account of Jesus' friend being brought out of that tomb, we ask, Lord, that you would speak to us. So, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, illuminate your scriptures so that we can know who you are better. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Jesus' seventh sign. This is Jesus' really the, the, the pinnacle of his ministry, the culmination. Because after this, the Gospel of John, it changes a little bit. Jesus isn't walking around performing signs and ministering and preaching as much. After this, Jesus will enter into Jerusalem, and he has the Last Supper, and he has his goodbye speech, and then he goes to the cross. This sign, the seventh sign also, it's a pivotal sign in the Gospel of John, because this is, we are told, the reason that the Jewish authorities decide to take Jesus' life. And they also decide to take Lazarus' life as well. It's because Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead that the Jewish authorities realize Jesus is really a threat and that people are going to follow him and they want to take Jesus' life because of this sign. So everything before the Gospel of John, it's been building up to this sign and everything after it needs to be interpreted because of this sign, because Jesus did this. This is an incredibly important sign. But to really understand it, we have to understand the context also of what exactly the problem is that Jesus is addressing with this sign. This sign, it takes place in the town of Bethany. Jesus has been to Bethany before, and we know that he has very close friends in Bethany. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, two sisters and a brother, this family, Jesus is very close with them. And Jesus had been off. He wasn't in Bethany. He was off ministering, traveling, doing his thing. And he got word that Lazarus was sick. But Jesus decided not to just show up right away. He waited. Jesus waited a couple days. He waited until he got word that Lazarus had died. Jesus didn't go and prevent the illness. He let death take Lazarus. And then Jesus decided to go to Bethany. When he arrives, Mary and Martha, they throw their grief at Jesus' feet. They both say to him, independently of each other, they both say to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus tells them, you will see your brother again. And then Jesus asks to go to the tomb. 
and he's taken there, and Jesus is standing there. And that's the setting for this sign that Jesus will accomplish. You see, the problem that Jesus is addressing with this sign, the problem here is death. This sign, I think it points to really not just the problem with this sign, but really the problem that Jesus came to this earth to address is death. At least one of the core problems. It's funny to me. I don't think we talk about death very well in churches. I don't think we talk about death very often in churches. And yet the Bible is always talking about death. I mean, not always. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. But in every single book in the Bible, death is addressed. In one way or another, death is a constant topic throughout the scriptures. So the Bible always talks about death, but in our churches, we try to avoid it. Maybe because it's so sad. Maybe because we're so uncertain about it. Maybe because we don't know how to talk about death. We tend to avoid it until a funeral or memorial comes up. I don't think it's just in churches, though, that we have a problem addressing the problem of death. I think it's culture-wide. I think it's been a problem of our culture for a long time. In the 1970s, 1972, a man named Ernest Becker, he was a cultural anthropologist, he wrote a book called The Denial of Death. And his whole thesis, what he was proposing in this book, is that really human civilization in general is constructed as a way of just avoiding death. We do things to distract us from death. We deny death. We don't want to acknowledge it. Now, I think Becker's maybe overstating the case a bit. I think there are some cultures that deal with death well. There's some civilizations that deal with death well. And I think there's some people within cultures that have a healthy understanding of death. And Becker was also writing from a perspective of not having faith in Jesus or in God. So I think that does make death a little harder to talk about as well. But I think he was on to something. I don't think that we as a culture are good about talking about death. I don't think we do it very well. And Becker wasn't the only person to acknowledge this. Another novel that comes from the 1970s, or another book that is a novel that comes from the 1970s, and I'm not really sure why the 1970s talked about death like this. Uh, Some of you may have been alive there. I was born in 1983, so I don't know anything about the 70s. But it seems like in the 70s, they, they, they talked about death a little bit more. This book, though, this novel, it's called White Noise. It's by an author named Don DeLillo. And it's one of my favorite novels. It's this novel full of these quirky, bizarre people doing these odd behaviors. And as the novel goes along, you realize that they're doing these odd behaviors because they have anxiety of death, but they can't acknowledge it. The title, White Noise, it's a metaphor for death. White noise is that noise that is a humming or a buzzing that is constant and steady. It's always there, and you don't really notice it until it's gone, and then all of a sudden you realize it had been there. For DeLillo, that's fear of death, the anxiety of death. It's constant. It's buzzing. It's always there, but we don't really acknowledge it. It's just kind of underlying our lives, driving us to do all sorts of odd, quirky things. Again, I don't think it's true of everyone, but I think by and large, We do things to distract ourselves from death, to deny death, to avoid talking about it. 
until we absolutely have to. You don't have to go to the 1970s, though, to see people reflecting on this aspect of our culture. There's a writer more recently named Atul Gawande. He's a doctor. He's a well-known writer. And he's written about how our entire medical system was built upon the fiction that we can avoid death. That what medicine is here to do is help us to avoid death. But in reality, we never avoid death. None of us can avoid death entirely. Medicine can put death off. It can make the process of dying more comfortable. But we can't ever avoid it completely. It will come for us. And right now, as I'm talking about death in this sermon, you might feel a little uncomfortable. Because I just don't think we're good at addressing this topic, this problem of death. We don't talk about it very often. We don't talk about it very openly. So it just kind of is underlying everything there. But in order to understand the gospel, we have to talk about death. We can't avoid death if we want to understand the gospel. Because death is the problem that Jesus came to accomplish. At least one of the main problems that Jesus came to accomplish was death. This sign of raising Lazarus from the dead, it points to Jesus' greater work. Lazarus has died. Jesus allowed that to happen. Even though it caused this grief, Jesus didn't come and prevent death. It's not like the royal official son where Jesus prevents somebody from dying. Death has taken hold of Lazarus. Jesus allowed that to happen. But Jesus shows that he has overcome death, that he has power over death. And all of these signs, they always point to something greater. And in this instance, this points to the truth that God has overcome death, not just with Lazarus, but through what God did with Jesus, death has been overcome. This sign, it points to that. Now, when the gospel was first presented to me, when the good news of Jesus Christ was first presented to me, it was presented to me as Jesus died for our sins. And that is true. I, I, that is definitely a core part of the gospel. But if you notice right there too, death is present in that. Jesus died. We can't talk about the gospel without talking about death. But also that formulation of Jesus died for our sins, while that is a core part of the gospel and it is so important for us to understand, it is not the entirety of the gospel. Because the gospel isn't just that Jesus died. It's that Jesus was resurrected. That in the problem of death, God's solution is resurrection. God's response to death is resurrection. And a core part of understanding God's work is understanding that God's work will culminate in resurrection. That all of the other works of God that we might see, they point to resurrection. They remind us of resurrection. They give us glimpses of resurrection. That is the core of the gospel. I've often thought that the, the picture of the gospel that we should think of isn't actually a cross, which is a symbol of death, but the picture of the gospel is Jesus standing there in the graveyard, alive, three days after he'd been taken to the cross. Three days after he had died, Jesus standing there. That's the symbol of the gospel. And in this sign that Jesus accomplishes here, where he looks into that cave, he has that stone rolled away. His friend Lazarus is dead inside of it. He rolls away that stone and Jesus cries out loudly, come out, Lazarus. 
The sign of the gospel here is Lazarus standing there wrapped up in those linen cloths that a dead person would have been wrapped in. Lazarus walking out alive. The problem of death is real. The problem of death, it can create all sorts of fears and anxieties inside of us. But God's response of resurrection is a deeper reality and a deeper truth. And in this sign that Jesus accomplishes, when he calls Lazarus out of that grave, Jesus is making clear to us that he has power over death. This sign, it points to nothing else except the power of God over death as exemplified through Jesus Christ. Now, if we take this seriously and if we adopt this gospel, if we accept this gospel, it should change a number of things for us. I mean, our response to this gospel, it should be dramatic. And again, the gospel, it's not just that Jesus died for our sins, it's that Jesus was resurrected and that God overcame death through the resurrection of Jesus. When we believe that gospel, I think it highlights a number of responses for us. I think for each and every one of us, there are areas of our life where death has taken hold. Areas of our life where we grieve. Areas of our life where we've experienced deep loss. And sometimes it is physical death that somebody has experienced, an actual death. And sometimes it's more just a permanent loss of another sort, the, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a marriage the loss of a job, the loss of a friendship, the loss of a home. There's all these losses that represent areas of death. If we buy into the gospel, then we have to believe that Jesus stands there in front of each one of those areas saying, come out, Lazarus. That Jesus is there speaking into death in those situations, bringing life out of them. That somehow Jesus is pulling life out of death. Though we may not see it right now, Jesus is still there accomplishing that work. And that, that should give us deep hope. We should take those areas of our lives, hand those over to Jesus, entrust them to Jesus, and hope that Jesus is overcoming death in those areas as well. I think that the gospel is the most hopeful news I have ever come across. That this gospel that Jesus proclaims, that is here, that has been passed down to us, this idea that Jesus overcame death, it is the most hopeful news I could ever imagine. So, the invitation for each and every one of us is to imagine those areas of our lives and, and imagine Jesus standing there calling life out of those areas in the same way he pulls Lazarus out of that tomb. But there's another invitation, and it's to deepen our hope, to place this idea that Jesus has more power than death, that Jesus is more powerful than death, that he has overcome death, to place that at the center of our lives and to live in hope. That's what embracing the gospel really is. It's embracing that hope. So we can invite ourselves, if we're somebody who already follows Jesus, who has that hope, we can invite ourselves to deepen that hope. We can invite one another to have a deeper hope in this. 
and to place whatever areas in our life are uh, overcome with grief and overcome with loss, to place those at Jesus' feet. But for those of, of you who are hearing this, and maybe you've been familiar with the Christian lingo, maybe you've been familiar with the idea that Jesus died for our sins, but this idea that in the resurrection, death was truly overcome, that sounds wild to you. I'd invite you to embrace this gospel, to accept that Jesus really was raised from the dead, that Jesus really did have control over death, power over death, to accept that and embrace that and follow Jesus with us. For those of us who have banked our entire lives on this truth, come and follow Jesus with us. When I first really understood what the gospel was telling me. When I first really embraced that the gospel was an overcoming of not just sin, but the consequences of sin. And death is the main consequence of sin. When I really understood that, I felt this hope spring up inside of me. I felt this hope take over everything about my life. And I felt this joy pour forth from that. To the point where Yes, death is a problem and death is scary. But life wins. Jesus pulls life out of death. So I invite you into this gospel. This sign that Jesus performs when he calls Lazarus out of that grave, it's a symbol of what God does for each and every one of us and what God will ultimately do in creation. Embrace that and follow Jesus living this life of hope. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.
as you go from this place to wherever God may take you. May you go seeing God's work of resurrection. May you go seeing glimpses of resurrection in your life. And may you go taking all of those areas of your life that have been overcome with grief and loss and trusting that Jesus is standing there calling life out of those areas as well, bringing life to whatever may have died in your life. So may you go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the love of the Father. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go in peace. Amen.